Welcome everybody, time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Strategies. Welcome Kate DeLeo, brand strategist extraordinaire. How are you? I'm well, how are you doing? Primo, fabulous, mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to start an early morning, right? And that's Amazing. just getting started, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Way back when, I was an XO of a nuclear sub in overhaul, and sailors want to be at sea. Nobody wants to be in a shipyard. And so my job was to keep all the junior officers engaged and training and that sort of thing. So we had a speaker who was a combination of Dale Carnegie and uh, Norman Vincent Peale. Mm -hmm. And so he had advice, and that was when people ask you how your business is going, always answer like this, unbelievable. <laughs> I love that. And the reason is, unbelievable could mean anything. Yes. It's all about how you say it. It is. So we also had advice that somebody asked you how you're doing, always have an upbeat way. And so I've been using Primo, Fabulous, and Mind-Blowing for quite some time. Now, I got five kids. They all have theirs. One of my kids is a Navy pilot. So if you ask him how he's doing, he'll say A plus and improving at an accelerated rate with afterburners on torch. <laughs> so this runs in the family. This is clearly something you have taught your kids every step of the way, is it not? Yeah, what, just one more. This is a real head scratcher. So my number three daughter, I have to keep them straight with numbers. It's not on who's the favorite, it's all about age. So number three, if you ask her how she's doing, she'll say, you know, I'm doing so well that if I was you, you'd be jealous of me. Say, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. So great to have you on the show, Kate. And Thank you. How did, how did you get into this business of uh, being a brand strategist? Well, you know, I always tell the story that I'm a bit of an accidental brand strategist. And I really do call myself that because, John, I think like many of us as business leaders and entrepreneurs, um, we've had a bit of a zigzag career path. I don't think many of us necessarily say, oh yes, I'm going to go to school for topic A and absolutely stick with everything through the course of my life until I retire. For me, I had actually intended to pursue a PhD in cultural anthropology and linguistic anthropology of all things, which by the way, what that means is the whole philosophy around that is how does language shape how we experience the world around us? Well, so John, here's what's interesting. I went to school, I loved it, I was, I was excelling, about to start graduate work and the market crashed. Oh. So here I was, John, in a position where I had a professor that said to me, Kate, we love you, but we honestly do not know where this field of study is going to be. I'm gonna recommend you go out, you get a job, pay off your debt, come back in a little while, you know, when you're ready to get going, which my, my father was like, yes, please get a job and leave <laughs> my house, right? So. That's actually what happened, John. Long story short, I left academia and I fell into branding out of pure necessity because I took my first sales job where I had to cold call IT professionals and sell them classes. And that was where I realized, hang on, there's gotta be a different way to deliver a brand pitch that really engages somebody and invites them to take the next step. Pretty easy to assess your personality just from being with you now for two minutes, <laughs> right? Extroverted, outgoing, big personality, which is not quite the right fit for IT professionals. 
no oh my gosh i stuck out like a sore thumb right they're going who's this crazy chick calling me right and it's interesting john you know when i i, I it was this company that i worked for they did such an amazing job of sending me through sales training they did they gave me all the sales scripts and they helped sign up all of my leads my lead lists through these email marketing drip campaigns right but even so i just was not getting people to connect with me and so i think out of pure desperation and necessity i had to take a step back a few weeks in and go if i don't figure this out i'm out of a job so i need to figure out how i'm going to get these people to call me back or stay on the phone and john it was really that for me that i took a step back and asked myself well hold on if i were on the other side of this call right now or on the other side of the email what would i want to know to want to have a conversation and really, it's three things that I decided that I was going to test out and I've since spent my career in branding proving, which is that anybody, if they want to take this next step with the company, wants to know, tell me what you do, tell me how you solve my problem, and tell me how you're different from the competition in that order. Mm. So that's what I did is I decided I'm going to call them up and I'm going to deliver a simple brand pitch in 15 seconds and hit those three things and see what happens. Do you remember what the pitch was? Oh, I do from years ago. Hi, my name's Kate. I'm with, and the company's now gone, such and such training company. And I'm calling you to talk about IT training for certifications to ensure you can get to the next level in your career. Uh, you know, and I had a couple of bullet points of how we're different and that was it. So you were selling to the consumer. I was. Oh, not you weren't selling to business. You were selling to, to I was individuals. selling individual sitting in an ah. IT cha chair at a company, even harder. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And what was the cost about? On average, each class was $2,500. Oh, so pretty good sale. Pretty good sale. And I was in charge of running a annual quota of over a million dollars. And I consistently hit quota after I got this pitch nailed down. It really spurred on my sales career and then I ended up getting recruited into building these brand pitches for other companies and that was the beginning for me of actually moving into the world of brand which John I think that here's the common thread is we hear this thing of branding which sounds so fluffy doesn't it it sounds so nebulous like oh yep. creative mumbo jumbo but actually <laughs> our brand pitch is supposed to be our path of least resistance to revenue it is really what we say on the homepage of our website, in the Zoom room, at the meeting, in that first 15 seconds that gets somebody to go, okay, that's interesting. I want to have a conversation. I want to take the next step. Right. Excellent. I like that. So brand is the path of least resistance to revenue. That's right. Yeah, I like that. And so where does marketing fit into all this? You talked about sales. You talked about brand. How does, how do you see marketing connecting the two? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think if we were to take a thousand foot view here for a second of a company that it has revenue generation goals, right? We, I think we, at this stage, understand that marketing and sales interact, don't they? They have to work together in tandem. They need to have alignment to really drive towards hitting those goals, improving revenue. And of course the bottom line, well, Branding is a segment of the world of marketing traditionally. So what I mean by that is you would have us building a brand message that then could be deployed through all of your marketing channels on your website, in your advertising, SEO, printed collateral, so on and so forth. 
Now, here's where I think branding has really evolved. Branding is also at the crux of adjusting your sales language. And so, for example, with my clients, what I'm constantly working on is creating alignment between sales and marketing through the lens of brand. What did the salespeople say on the phone? How do they run their demo calls? You know, what are they saying day in and day out so that it's in alignment with whatever marketing is potentially also putting out there from a supporting standpoint? Got it. Interesting. When you look at the bigger B2B companies, five years ago, the chief marketing officer, their um, length of time on the job was 17 months. Now it's about five years. Mm-hmm. And the reason is marketing has learned how to quantify the goodness or the benefit of what they do. And I would say half of the larger B2B companies today, if you ask the chief marketing officer, what is your objective in life? He or she will say, get qualified leads for salespeople. That's my job. Yeah. So do you agree with that? The goal of marketing is to drive leads for sales. Yes. I do think that is still the truth. And I think that the evolution of how marketers view themselves, though, is where we no longer feel that marketing is put into one silo and sales is in another, nor do we feel anymore that, John, that like marketing is just the servant of sales, right? But when we talk about this whole idea of revenue operations for a company, how we're driving revenue, I think what we're really seeing the trend is that marketing and sales are now partners in the process. They're really trying to work in tandem with the right messaging, the right tactics to get more of the right leads to sales teams so that those sales teams can certainly close those deals. Absolutely. It kind of used to be that, as you said, marketing was a subset of sales. Mm -hmm. In the last two and a half years, as I've seen it. Yeah. Marketing is ascendant and sales is descendant. I completely agree that instead of marketing begging for a seat at the table, marketing's running the conversation at the table. And it's fascinating that we've seen this. I think it's smart so long as, of course, marketing is bringing in all the right perspectives from operations, from HR, from the C-suite team, from sales and general operations of the company to go holistically, what exactly are we trying to achieve? How do we ensure that any of the tactics and things that we're doing are supporting everything from operations in the organization to sales to customer success or customer service? So can you give us, to illustrate your points, which are all great, and I agree with, a, uh, let's say, an outline of a case study. You don't have to mention the, the name of the company, but Can you give us an idea of how you would help a company? What would you do? So there's a couple scenarios when people call me. So I think people start to recognize that, gosh, there might be a brand pitch issue or a messaging issue when we hear things like, wow, I'm struggling to get prospects to the table. Or in a good sense, we have a new product, Kate, or a new service that we're trying to bring to market. We're not sure how this one works with the one we've currently had. Or for example, we're going after new segments or industry in the market. Even things such as, Kate, we're finding that our sales cycle is really long. Like something's going on here. Our ability to close is really tough. All of that points to, you are probably losing prospects along the way 
because you might have brought them in or you may not have brought them in, but then something's disconnecting in their mind. They're not actually recognizing how do you solve my deepest level heart pain? So my job is to actually bring in the troops to say, okay, hold on. Systematically, who are we going after and why? What does ideal look like for those customers? Like the ideal scenario? And what's the heart pain we actually solve? Not what product or service we offer, but hold on. What's the heart pain we solve for these people so that, oh, by the way, how we happen to solve that is through these amazing products or services. That's the work I do so that we can then come together and write the actual message, the language, such as a tagline that says what you do. Then your value proposition statement that says, here's how we solve your problem and differentiator statements that say how you're different and better than the rest. That's the goal. But first we've got to get alignment on who we're going after and why, what heart pain we solve, and then what do we systematically need to say to them? So that the outcome is that you're actually seeing an improvement in a couple key areas, John. Number one, what my clients see is increase in qualified prospects that come to the table. Right. Two, byproduct of that is they see increased close rate. How awesome is that, right? Somebody's coming to the table, they're more qualified, they love it, they're bought in, they're going to close. Here's the third thing though, that often gets missed, but is critical for somebody's bottom line. In B2B services especially, we see a decrease in sales cycle time as an excellent byproduct of a great brand message. Because the person sees your message, if they hold that call with you, because it resonated with them, and they get on that phone call, no longer are they getting on the call saying, tell me what you do. You already answered that. Right. Now they're getting on this call, John, and they're going, oh my gosh, I love what you said here. Here's our specific pain. How can you solve this? Can I get pricing on that? They're further down the pipeline. So those are the byproducts that we see. Excellent. When you mentioned the... Um qualified leads, you're really talking about the buyer's persona. Is that right? We are. Yep. Right. We are. And we take it from both, not only things such as like demographics that marketing teams care about and sales teams care about so that they can drive ads to those groups, but we really look at the psychographics. If you're going for, you know, a particular size company, I want to know what level of bureaucracy, where do the leaders already show up in what rooms to solve problems? Let's talk about decision-making styles of these people, who's actually cutting the check, who has the autonomy to make the buying decision. We start thinking about it this way so that when we begin to then help teams figure out where do we deploy that message, we find some very great ideas that may say, hey, it's not gonna be all about running Facebook ads. Maybe we need to show up in the right rooms and actually just deliver a verbal brand pitch. And that's what's going to get somebody to go, wow, that's, yes, we should totally chat with you. So in your experience, um, um, well, let me, let, me, let me back up. In my experience, mm -hmm. most customer needs, if you will, are one of two things. It's a challenge they've got that they need to fix, or it's an aspiration that they want, right? higher revenue, higher gross margin, you know, whatever it is. So where, where does your, your methodology fit the best or does it fit equally well with both of those, either the aspiration or the, you know, the pain, the challenge? I do think that my methodology speaks best to the pain, the challenge. I think what we find too, especially in the last few years, is that 
aspiration has taken a back seat to please fix my pain. Please fix my pain now. And so aspirational marketing, while it's attractive and while there's places for that, what people ultimately make buying decisions based on is can you solve my specific pain? And do you understand my pain? Do you deeply understand what I'm going through? And so the job of our brand is to really speak to that first and foremost, and then say, now, based on that, here's how we can help you get to that next place. And so what is the persona for your company? My persona is typically a founder-led organization. And within that organization, it could be the founder themselves or a CEO, a C-suite leader, who is in charge of revenue generation. And they are looking at their company saying, we need to close more deals. We need to make sure that our marketing and our sales efforts are aligned and on point with the right messaging that's going to get more of the right prospects to the right table at the right time. I like that, right? Right prospects at the right table at the right time. That's right. When you look at the overall marketing umbrella, of which a brand is a part, as you know, mm -hmm. what are some of the um, techniques that are ascendant? in the in the b2b world where you where you really deal in other words we all know video is ascendant right which goes back to the the neuroscience of the brain you know where our our comprehensive rate for video is like two thousand times as fast as reading words on websites so we all kind of know that right video is taking over the world right what what, what else is ascendant wow Oh, that's a question. I mean, I think that if I were to, to look at all of the tactics out there, I definitely feel that any tactic that really creates a conversation is what I would say is ascendant. So what I mean by that, John, is in marketing, often what we're experiencing right now is what I call megaphone marketing. And if you've ever been on the other side of this, you know it, where it's just you're inundated with so much information. Oh, and yeah. I, I talk a lot about this in my book of how do you build a brand that it's not about telling stories, but it's about having conversations that convert. So any method that creates a conversation is what we want to focus on. So interestingly enough, yes, video is one. Podcasting is another, of course. That's why the power of podcast is so huge. Because you're listening to humans actually engage and interact. And you get to be a part of that conversation. The other thing that I think is missed so often is going back to the basics of face-to-face -face marketing channels. And I find this so funny that with COVID, we lost sight of, well, hold on a second. We need to ask ourselves the question, what rooms are our prospects already in, digitally or in person? For example, if it behooves you to show up and teach a 30-minute workshop over a Zoom call in a CEO mastermind roundtable group, do it if that's what's going to show your expertise give people helpful tips and tricks and all of a sudden three out of the ten people in the room go whoa that was fabulous i got some serious nuggets we should chat i would love to learn more about what you do i think we have to begin to think about marketing as a blend again between face-to-face -face and the digital space getting back to where do you show up to have a conversation that converts that is where you find the ascendant tactics. And so other than what you've mentioned, what are some of those other tactics that you, that you think? I have seen email go very right 
interestingly enough, when you do email marketing right with a brand pitch that provokes somebody to want to respond and then you're in a back and forth, that's excellent. But you're not just bombarding people with an email filled with 75 links, you know, hoping they're going to read this. But do you have a provoking tagline? Do you have a very short email that would beg them to want to respond to you? See, that creates a conversation. Um, video, of course, podcasting, of course, chat is another one that we see. Now, this is getting missed, but we see more and more clients doing this. I love, John, when I go to a website and they have a chat bot. Now, some people say, Kate, I hate talking to a robot. Well, there's a website that does it really well called WP Engine. They're in the world of websites. Okay. And they do website hosting. Well, I got on one day, John, and I said, oh, I've got an issue with this and this. And the bot says, can I solve your problem? Can I not solve your problem? Here's some helpful links. And then they say, if I can't, let me put you to an agent. So the bot did its job trying to solve the preliminary problem. I said, I need more help. Immediately I get on with a live human. My question's answered in five minutes. Wow, talk about a brand experience for me. Live person. That mm -hmm. is truly conversational branding at its best. Right. So you mentioned WP Engine, is that what you? That is correct. WP Engine does a great job of this if you're a customer, yes. Any chat function on a website where that company says, we'll try to answer their question with AI or a robot, but if we can't, we're immediately gonna put this person to a live human, that is fabulous. Smaller organizations, there are a ton of technologies out there that if you set up a robot on your basic website, maybe you're a coach and consultant, you can set up a chat bot and it just texts your phone. And Pretty you can cool. sit there and have a live text conversation with somebody to see if they wanna have actually set a call. How awesome. Can you provide the listeners say an example of a great email that you, you know, nice short sweet to the point that you mentioned? So I actually had a conversation last Friday about this. A friend of mine, he's a master at email marketing, and we're all sitting around with a group of us having a luncheon. And I said, Josh, how's your email marketing working? And he said, it's amazing. I said, what's your open rate? He said, probably 80%. Wow. I said, what are you saying for your, for your subject line? And it goes, I seem to have misplaced that PDF you sent me. Can you resend? And they open the email and it goes, chances are you've done, experienced the exact same thing. That's where we come in. Check out sales reach. If you'd like more, shoot me an email. Let's set up a call. So their company sales reach solves this particular problem. Well, Josh was brilliant. He dropped something in that is the most common thing. I have another staff client. And that literally just said, subject line reaching out. That's it. His open rate's like 30%. It's actually really good. You know what's even better? All he says in his email is, hey, to be candid, we do not know each other, but we run in the same spaces. I'd love to connect to see how we can help each other. Here's my information. If you don't want me to bother you again, no problem. He doesn't even mention his company once in the whole email. John, it works. He's getting emails right and left going, love it. Thanks for being candid, not interested, but you should talk to my CMO. He's getting responses. Anybody in email marketing knows that that is like the best thing you can get is actual responses. Yeah, so the, one of the ones I use myself that works is circling back. Yes. Right, it doesn't take much. 
In fact, I just sent, um, this is about my other company, the longevity um, company. Mm -hmm. I sent an email about the nine steps to, to an unlimited life. Open rate was 75% and the click-through rate was about 30%, which is astoundingly high. Yeah. And I'm not even a marketing person, but I just have a good marketing person. Yes. <laughs> so I love your techniques. Um, and we're just about at, at the time we've allotted for this. It's a great, great to be with you, Kate. Thank you, John. Um, yes. If you could leave the listeners with maybe uh, one, two, or three major points, and then also let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. I think the big thing here today is, you know, as you're thinking about your sales and marketing, and you're thinking about how do we create better alignment, I think the the key, of course, from my perspective, is getting your brand narrative down, that core messaging that really says what we do, how we solve your problem, and how we're different, and allow that to be the backbone, right, for both marketing tactics and your sales tactics as well, what people say day in and day out when they're in the room. You want that singular message at the forefront that both sides of the organization are using to work together to get more of the right prospects to the right table at the right time. That is ultimately the goal. From there, once you get that message down, sky is the limit on using the right tactics for your organization that actually create conversations that convert. If you'd like more information about this approach to branding um, or taking a look at my book coming out, feel free, of course, to connect with me on LinkedIn, but you can also take a look at my website, which is www.katedeleo.com. Got it. What's the name of your upcoming book? My book is called Muting the Megaphone. Stop <laughs> telling stories and start having conversations. I like books like that. They just give you the boom and then a great subtitle. Thank you. <laughs> so that's excellent. When's it coming out, Kate? The book is released on July 19th, 2022. And it's a fast and furious, just 100 pages, very tactical book. It actually walks you through my approach of how do you refine your audiences, write your brand, and implement your brand. All right. So I look forward to reading it myself, Kate. Thank you, John. Thank yeah, you. I'll, I'll be one of your first readers. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much for being on the show, Kate. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941.